0: The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message.
1: I want to talk to you today about uh, what do we believe. And uh, for about three weeks before uh, uh, Brother Danny was here last week, I had been, uh, I guess I had been on a little bit of a Believe series and didn't realize it. So uh, we talked about faith you can believe in, um, we talked about believing is seeing, and we talked about passion for more, about going after more of God, and when you do that, the things that you experience and the things that you, uh, that you will see. And so I thought I would just, um, I think, finish this up with talking about what do we Uh, believe today. Uh, Years ago, eight, nine years ago, I think, um, we were going to a lot of conferences just trying to kind of get a feel for what was going on around the country. We didn't leave the country, but we went to a lot of places, and we went to uh, um, several conferences out in California, and uh, I don't even remember what group was with us when we went that time. Different people would go with Heather and myself. Um, and me and Monty went to one by just me and him one time, but, uh, they were having this, they had these, at these conferences, they'll have these breakout sessions and you just pick a class that you want to go to. And so I had gone to this one and I don't remember if I was the only one that went to it or not, but they were talking about, uh, God giving opportunities for ministry outside of the church. And, uh, it was a very strange class because they were talking about weird stuff. I'm kind of interested in weird stuff, so it was, even though it was strange, I liked it. But they, they talked about this prayer team, and I can't remember if these groups were all from that local church or if it was people they had brought in. But what they had done is they started having a burden in their prayer ministry uh, for the police department. And so they had made a connection with the police chief and got his approval to just go in and pray for him. And I don't remember if it was once a week or once a month or what they were doing. And uh, as they prayed for him, over time, they developed a relationship with him. And then over time, while they're in there praying for him, they were um, comfortable enough on on enough relationship to uh, some of them even operated in the different gifts of the spirit and gave him some prophetic words and things. And so at the time that we were there for this conference, they had just been approached by the police department and they were wanting them uh, through the police chief's orders, they were going to start a group and partner with the prayer team, and whenever they had a missing person, especially a child, they were going to contact the prayer team to start praying uh, with an open line of communication that if the Holy Spirit gave them, uh, if anyone got anything from Holy Spirit, they would relay it to the police, and they would even take that information and use it to point them in what direction to go in their investigation trying to find a child. And uh, kind of like when you're watching the TV show and you see them call in the psychic. Uh, so something like that. And, they, you know, it was, there was no pressure, but if you get anything, relay it to the police department. And they were just starting this ministry, and they were excited about it. I'm not sure what ended up happening, happening with it, but that opportunity had been opened up just through the local prayer ministry. It had grown into this thing that was even known by the local law enforcement uh, to be something that worked. I don't know if you know this or not, but with the gifts of the Spirit work anywhere and everywhere. Uh, they had another lady. She was over an artistic, uh, an artist, artist ministry, painting ministry, and uh, she was uh, talking about how a lot of the people who did art didn't like to talk, and so what they had done with this, they had started uh, painting, uh, getting together and painting. As they got more comfortable, then they would have someone painting on stage during praise and worship and uh, they decided that they were gonna go out and uh, do ministry with their paintings. None of them wanted to talk to anybody, so what they would do is they would go out and they would give their paintings away, especially if they saw someone that was uh, hurt in a wheelchair, uh, cast on their arm, limping, looked sick, whatever, down and out, That looked like they needed encouragement. And as they would give these paintings out, sometimes they would get to pray with people and uh, on a few occasions even when they didn't pray with people because they did all their praying before they gave people the paintings and uh, people were healed so a hospital in the area hears about this and they contact this lady over the artist ministry and they tell her that they're uh, they're either building a new wing or they're uh, redoing a wing of the hospital and they would like to purchase as many paintings as she has from the uh, ministry team And they want to decorate the whole floor of the hospital with the paintings that have been prayed over because they want their hospital to be a place of healing. Uh, Then she tells us, she says, I want you to see where God called me from. And she said, God called me to do this artist ministry. And she said, here's the first painting that I ever did at the church. It looked like she had stopped and picked it up at an elementary school on the way to the thing I couldn't believe it I'm not saying I could have done that good because I'm, I can't paint at all but uh I'm not gonna say it was bad I'm just gonna say it was not very good and she said uh, we've been doing this ministry and I'm sitting here thinking this lady's over a ministry and she said we've been doing this ministry and I can't remember how many years it was she said here's the painting I did last week and it was unbelievable I mean, it looked like just put the price tag on it and somebody will pay it. It was, it was professional complete, completely from top to bottom. And I could not believe, say, we always want to be up here as soon as God calls us. We want to do everything perfect. We don't want to go through the process. But, but just seeing that she trusted God to say, hey, I'm starting an artist ministry, and that's all she could do. And then to see what he brought her to was just, uh, was just unbelievable. But I wanted to share those with you because I want to talk about what do we believe. Because I know that some of the, I know I only have a couple more, but I'm trying to go quicker on time. We kept you here pretty long last week. Um, It sounds a little different than what you are used to hearing about in church, but it doesn't change the fact that it's happening. God is doing amazing things all over the world. And so some of these things may have even caused you to have the thought in the back of your mind, I don't know if I believe all that. That's okay if you had that thought. It's all right. Because the question now is, okay, then what do you believe? What do we believe as children of God? What we believe is important. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says, Jesus said to him, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe God to help you. Some people, they ask God about all kinds of stuff, what restaurant to go to after church. I've heard people talk about that, and then the Lord told them which way to turn and everything. If you can believe God for that, why can't you believe God that you could help find a missing person with your prayer when you get that Amber Alert on your phone? If you can believe God that He can help you uh, make the right decision with your finances or He can help you, he, oh, I feel like the Lord told me to do this, why couldn't God call you to some type of ministry that you're not prepared for yet and elevate you to something that you never thought you would be able to achieve? See, Jesus doesn't say that some things are possible. He says that all things are possible. If we will just believe the possibilities are limitless, yet we live such limited lives. So what we believe is important. And most of the time, if you ask a church person what they believe, they usually respond one of two ways. The first way is they usually respond, they tell you what they believe by giving you a list of everything they do not believe. I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that and I don't believe in this or they'll give you a list of their uh, whatever organization they're, they're a part of, their doctrines and their statements of faith. And that's okay. That's a good thing. You need, to, you need to know those things. Those things are important. But what do you believe right now for you? What are you believing right now for your family, for your home, for your, for your church, for your, for your community, for your job, for, for our country? What are, you, what are you believing? Because what we believe is what we're going to have faith in. I've read uh, several books by uh, Chris Valton, and uh, this isn't an exact quote, but something in one of his books. And the way he explains it is pretty funny, and uh, uh, I, that keeps my attention when I'm reading. So he says this. He says, he says that if you believe that you're a sinner, then you'll sin by faith. And that covers a lot of people. There are a lot of people that they they. What you believe in, what you believe is what you'll have faith in. What you have faith in is what you're ultimately going to do and what you're going to experience. And there's a lot of people out there, yes, we are all sinners saved by faith. But once you're saved by faith, you're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. You have to think of yourself in a different way. And if you keep thinking of yourself as a sinner, then guess what you're going to do? People are so, all they think about is sin. All they think about is what they're not supposed to do. And, the, the, and when you're doing that, what are you still focusing on? Sin. So they focus on sin so much they end up sinning by faith and they don't know why they can't get away from it. I know that sounds funny, but it's, but it's true. If you believe in miracles, then you will have faith and see the miraculous. If you believe that God wants you to prosper, then by faith you're going to prosper in any situation that you're in. If you believe that you're sick because God wants you to be sick, then guess what? By faith you're probably going to stay sick. If you believe that you're having financial problems because God just wants you to have to struggle because it's going to teach you some great lesson, then by faith, you're probably going to stay that way. See, what do we believe? Not what are you going through today. I don't care. Well, I do care. It doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is what you believe while you're going through it. My my grandfather, he had his first heart attack at 27. So at 27, they brought him home from work. Well, he was in the back of the car. They thought he was dead. They brought him to my grandma, and they said, James is either dead or he's dying. And so they just carried him in and put him in the bed and left him there. And uh, now my grandfather lived to be 80 years old. So the only thing that I know that he ever changed in his diet was that he used that no salt stuff, that substitute for salt. I mean, he would fry it, have grandma fry it up and put a little no salt on it and act like it was healthy for some reason. But <laughs> that's all he changed. He, uh, in fact, he, had, uh, he ended up having to get, uh, later on in life, he got five bypasses done. He had heart attacks in the 70s. He had heart attacks in the 80s. Uh, I was with him in the hospital. He had some congestive heart failure in his uh, late 70s. I'm there with him. He's answering all the questions, perfect for the doctor. The doctor walks out of the room, and he, uh, he says to his, my grandma, he says, Wheezy, give me that bag of pork skins, and starts eating pork skins in the hospital. And I said, Grandpa, that's not a good idea. You're up here for congestive heart failure. He said, oh, it's not going to hurt anything. He said, these things are mostly air. If you crunch this bag, it probably won't have that much dust in the bottom. And he kept eating. And the thing about it is that he went through all of those things, that should have told him, you're not going to be here very long. You're going you're gonna to be gone in no time. Yet yeah, that's not what he believed. He, he went to the doctor's appointments. He did most, except for the diet part, he did what they would tell him to do uh, with medication and different things. But he just had this belief that God was going to use him, that God wasn't through with him. And because of that, he lived to be 80 years old, went through all kinds of things, started all kinds of churches. All kinds of different things that he did. He was just a a, a very strong man the whole time as well. But it was all he just refused to let his circumstances dictate what he believed. And he continued to believe and trust God and not let fear take part in his life. And so that's how we have to be. What do we believe? We ask God all the time, Lord, what, what should I do? God, I, I've got this going on, Lord, what do I need to do about this problem? What do I need to do about that problem? And I, I pray that prayer too. I know we all do. But when's the last time we just started asking, Lord, what should I believe? God, you know what I'm going through. You know what I'm facing. You know how this, this has been going on a long time. God, what do I need to believe in this situation? What, what scripture do I need to hold on to and put my faith in with what, I, with what I'm going through? See, when we believe correctly, the doing is going to take care of itself. We wouldn't have to ask God what to do all the time if we were just believing the right way. So maybe we should ask Him what to believe. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of His death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect in your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ in the same way that Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. It's because of the way we believe. And we can see this simple truth in this passage of Scripture that we get saved by believing. We hear the gospel, we hear the good news about Jesus and we believe it and confess it with our mouths and we're saved. And yes, getting saved is the most important part, but it's not the only part of this Christian life. That's not all there is to it. And so if we do want to advance in the kingdom and we want to grow and mature in the Lord and all these different things, how do we do it? How do we go after more? Do we do it by working really hard and by making sure we get everything checked off of our religious list and and doing all all the right things and make sure we work harder than anybody else in the church? No. We advance the same way that we were saved, by believing. It's all about believing. We receive transformation in our minds by the way we believe. We receive because we believe. In verse 5 again, it says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. See, so what are we believing today? We, we're all, we, all of us in here are need, in need of something, but what are we believing? Things don't happen because we obey the law. Things don't happen because we do everything perfect. They happen because we believe. Now, yes, a holy and uh, righteous conduct, living a godly lifestyle is very important. We need to obey the commands of Jesus. We need to make sure that we're living right. But it doesn't matter how good we conduct ourselves in this life. If we don't believe that God wants to use us to do something amazing, then it's probably never going to happen. If we don't believe that God wants to do the miraculous, that God wants to be a part of our lives, we probably won't see his hand at work the way that we should. And we can add all the new rules uh, to the church that we want to add. And we can take away all the rules we don't like anymore. It doesn't matter. If we don't believe that our God is supernatural and that he's capable of anything at any moment, then nothing in the church is going to change. And, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, you hear a lot about change in the church these days. We're talking about change all the time. People are always talking about change. And you probably have heard the definition of insanity in one of those messages. Insanity is doing the uh, same thing over and over again while expecting a different result. You've probably all heard that. And so they'll say, hey, if you want to see something different, then you need to do something different. And that makes sense to a point. But we also have to remember we, we live in the kingdom. The things that are this world are a little bit different than the way things work in the kingdom. Because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but we've been trying a lot of different stuff in the church for years, but a lot of stuff still seems to be the same. Things don't seem to change the way that we, we want them to. And I think it's because of this. To me, it doesn't matter if you do something different if you're still believing the same way. If you do something different and you're still believing the same old things, then you're ultimately you're going to get the same old things. If we really want to see something different, then we need to believe different. What do we believe? What are we believing today? And you'll hear people say things like this in the church. They'll talk about, you know, it's just it's so hard uh, trying to, to be a good person and trying to live like a Christian in today's world. There's so much going on. It's just, it's just hard to be a Christian. You don't want to know why so many people struggle with being a Christian. Now, I'm, We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through hard times and tribulations. Jesus told us that we're going to be persecuted. All these things we're going to face. But I'm talking about just the act of being a Christian. Some people, if you hear them talk, you would sound like, why would anybody want to be a Christian if it's the, if it's what these people act like? But the re- this is my thought on that. We get worn out and we get... Uh, tired and beaten down when we try to do or be something that we don't believe we are. There's a lot of people in the church, they're trying to do everything right, but they don't really believe that they're right with God. The, and and any time that you're trying to do something that you don't believe you really are, you, you're going to get burned out. It's going to be difficult to try to do or be something that you really don't believe that you are. See, we need to stop pretending to be powerful sons and daughters of God and actually start believing that we are powerful sons and daughters of God. It makes a difference. It's all about this right here when it comes to a lot of things with the kingdom of God. My mom, I'm glad you're in here today, mom. My mom, you may have heard these if you've hung around her long, but she has two main sayings that she uh, uses against, uh, well, not against. She uses to help out. Uh, With raising me and my sisters and anybody else that's around and she says them all the time and one of them and this uh, This can literally apply to anything, but it's only two words Uh, She'll say quit acting (laughs) And this can be when you are misbehaving she can say quit acting this can be when uh, You've fallen off your bicycle and you're pretty sure you need stitches And she would just say, quit acting, you you know, so you're not allowed to, you're only allowed to cry a certain amount and then you're acting. So she says, quit acting. Um, It could be anything. And if she's upset, then she just grits her teeth and says it to quit acting. And then the other one is she would say, act like you got some sense. They're kind of the same thing, but they're a little different. And she would say them all the time. Now... Uh, I don't know if it was the same conference as the one where they were telling us all this stuff but I went to a breakout session at one of these conferences one time and uh, Everybody else went to a different one, but I went to one on storytelling and I'm like this is gonna be good uh, because I like telling stories, so I get there only to find out it was on acting and I'm in there with people that want to be actors (coughs) And uh, actually the guy teaching the class, Heather and I saw him on a TV show last night. Uh, He's uh, uh, started on Broadway, made it to Hollywood. He's been in, you've probably all seen him, you don't know who he is, but he's been in all kinds of TV programs and uh, uh, God radically changed his life and he's uh, doing ministry in Hollywood and stuff. And so he's up there talking and and, uh, I'm just thinking I've picked the wrong class. But someone was in the room that was getting ready to be on a reality TV show, and so during the question and answer time, they asked him a question about acting, and he said, "I'm gonna. If you don't remember anything else, I'm gonna give you one thing on acting that you need to remember." So I wrote it down, and uh, he said this about acting, and it made me think of my mom, and I know that's weird, but it, I have weird thoughts sometimes. He said, the definition of acting is not pretending. Acting is believing to the point of becoming. So acting is not pretending. It is believing to the point of becoming. And boom, I just hear my mom telling me to quit acting. And I realized that my mom was trying to help me because she was telling me to stop believing something stupid before I became stupid. And when she would tell me to act like I had some sense, now that I know what acting really means, she was telling me to start believing that I was smart, and maybe one day I would be. And so that's what I did. Uh, Well, she still tells me those things. But it's not about pretending. What we believe is important. And it's time for the church to quit acting. We need to quit believing the crazy things that the enemy has convinced us of that has the church so powerless and ineffective. And we need to start acting like we have some sense. Well, no, the country way. Well, you act like you got some sense. We need to believe what the Bible tells us, we need to believe what the Holy Spirit tells us, and begin to live the way that we were meant to live. So we need to transform our thought life with the Word of God. It's important. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought into captivity. We have to believe this and we have to bring every thought into captivity that that comes against us. We are not pretending. We're not pretending. We are believing to the point of becoming. We're becoming what we believe. So what are we going to believe today? See, we are powerful through, through Christ. The problem is, is that we're just so hard on ourselves. You know, people, we talk a lot about not agreeing with what the enemy says, that he's going to tell you all kind of lies. Well, sometimes I think that the enemy doesn't even have to come up with the lies. We're so hard on ourselves, he just agrees with what we're already saying instead of us agreeing agreeing with him. And it really, you don't know, just like the lady with that painting. It's still, I I just wish you could have seen it. I wish I would have taken a picture of that ugly thing so I could have shown you how far God brought her. But probably, I guess it's been 25 years. Man, that's a long time. But uh, I was playing... Beach volleyball back then a lot. And uh, I, we, me and some guys, we would try to coordinate, and we pick different times and different locations to play so the people that didn't know how to play wouldn't show up because we didn't like playing with people that couldn't play. And so we met real early um, on, a, I think it was a Saturday morning, at Sonic on Yakin Road back then. And uh, we're playing volleyball, and there's uh, only four of us. And now, when you're under six feet tall, you claim every half an inch you can claim in your height. So I'm about five nine and a half. I never quite made five ten. I might not even be five nine and a half anymore, but I was at one time. So the guys I'm playing with are six two to six four, and so we're having a good time, we're having really competitive games. But I'm pretty much losing every game. We're switching partners everything and uh, a guy who's there uh, probably he's the best was definitely the best player in Fayetteville maybe one of the better players uh, probably maybe in the state back then he he a guy that works with him shows up he's just there to get some food I don't know why he wanted to get food at Sonic but he did and uh, he's there and he stays for like an hour watching us play And uh, when it's all said and done, that was the old rule, so games took a long time. We probably only played somewhere between four to six games in a couple hours. And uh, I've probably won one game. And uh, still, it's a good day of playing, but only one game. So he goes over there to talk to his buddy, and me and the other two guys, we really like to talk a lot of trash. And uh, as you can imagine, um, they were talking a lot of it to me because I'd only won one game. And so I just jump right in with what, they're, you know, we're just giving it to each other pretty good. And for about five or ten minutes, and I am just get all over myself. I'm like, man, I don't know why I played so bad. I can't believe I lost so many games to you bums. And we're just going back and forth, and I'm just like, man, I just played terrible. And all the games are close, but for just because I didn't win... Just because things didn't go exactly the way I wanted them, I've just thrown all that out the window. I'm just, I'm just terrible. And the guy comes back over, and he says, uh, he hears the, the end of the conversation, and he said, what are y'all talking about? And I said, well, about how bad I played today. And he just says, you're an idiot. <laughs> and which was really nice for what way he, we usually talk to each other when we're out there, so it wasn't bad. <laughs> and uh, I said, what are you talking about? He said, do you, you see my friend that I work with over there? I said, yeah. He said, do you know what he's been talking about the whole time I've been over there? I said, no. He said, he's been talking about you. I said, what was he talking about me for? He must have thought I played bad too, I'm figuring. He said, he's talking about how much he's enjoyed watching us play and that it's amazing to see a little shrimp like you Able to play out there with big guys like us and actually hold their own. And that watching you play makes him want to learn how to play beach volleyball. And then he told me again, you're an idiot. And, I, and, and that's the thing about it is that he was right. I thought about what he said after that and realized I hadn't played as bad as I thought I had played. I just was really short. So, but, but we do the same thing spiritually. Like, can you imagine if, if that had been me and I'd have painted that painting that lady did it the first time? I'd have quit. I, w- I would have. That would have been the last time I probably would have ever done it. And as, But what we don't realize is that when I saw the first painting to the last painting, she inspired me. And sometimes when God calls you into things and you're doing it and you want to do everything perfect and you can't stand the struggle or you can't stand the failures, which are all part of the process... You have to remember that there's people watching you. And sometimes it's good when somebody like me stumbles over their words or doesn't do everything exactly the right way, because they're saying if they're willing to get up there, if they're willing to step out, maybe I could trust God for what I feel like he's been calling me to. It could be something totally different, but you're still inspiring them. They're seeing you and they're saying, if she can do it, then I can do it. If he can do it, then I, then I can give it a shot. I would like to see what God has for me. And you start to change their whole belief system. You actually start to empower them to believe what the book says about them and what, what the, the Lord says about them instead of what the enemy's been telling them for years. Just because you're willing to do what God's called you to do. Don't beat yourself up. Quit putting yourself down. Trust God. We have to believe. We have to believe God and all of his promises and he says that all things are possible. So it doesn't matter what it is. We have to give this world hope. They've been singing about all this, this stuff kind of this morning when you think about it. And, it, and I don't know if you know this or not. Church talks about wanting to influence everything and want, wanting to get involved in everything. Well, the person that gives the most hope has the most influence. But nobody ever thinks about giving hope. It never crosses our mind because it's all about what we believe. We don't understand the power of it. We say the church wants to influence the world and we say that we want to change our cities, but are we giving them hope? We should because, as children of God, we should be filled with hope. Romans 15, verse 13, says this Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All joy and peace in believing. You have to believe i don't know about you but i believe and i'm full of hope this morning there's a lot of situations going on that i still don't know how i still don't understand it i'm not sure about a lot of things but i have hope and i believe that that there's still a good reason to have hope because he's the god of hope and he fills us with joy and peace all these things that that we need i don't care what's going on in the world or what people say i'm going to have hope i believe we're in a perfect position to see hope rise in people's lives and change happen like we've never seen before. See, we're going to believe something. We can choose to believe God or we can choose to believe the enemy. It's up to us. And I want to believe God. I want you to as well. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too... Whatever you're going through, is there anything too hard for God this morning? We know the answer is no. So now the next question is, okay, then, well, what are you believing? And whatever it is you're going through, does our faith and the way that we live our lives bear witness to what we say we believe? Because what we believe is what we're going to have faith in. See, what we believe and and, and how we believe are very important. We have to start believing the right way and believing the right things. See, it's important that we live a holy Christian lifestyle before God, but it's also important that we believe the right ways, that we believe the right, the right things. When we believe incorrectly, we limit what God can do through us and what God can do in our lives. When we believe incorrectly, we limit the influence that we have on the people in the world that's around us. When we believe incorrectly, we actually limit the reward that we can receive. See, what do we believe We have to start believing correctly. And now I'm not talking about believing correctly from the standpoint of you being saved or not, or you being a a good person or not. You can be a good saved person and still not be believing the way that you should about everything. I don't know if you know it or not, but it's true. And I want to show you real quick in two passages of Scripture. Uh, In Matthew and then in Luke, uh, Matthew is the story about the talents and Luke is the story about the minas. And we're only going to cover the, the two good servants in both stories. They're good and faithful servants, but they believe different ways. And because they believe different ways, they see different things. They're still good and faithful, but yet it's different. And so in Matthew 25, in verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. So he's a good servant. So these servants, they're good and they're faithful, but look at their attitude. Look the way that they believe it. They said, you gave me these talents. Look, I have made this many more talents. Their focus is right here. I have made more. And then in Luke, we see the minus, and it's, and it's totally different, the, the way that they, they believe. Starting in verse 12 of chapter 19, it says, Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. 15, verse 15. And so it was when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Master, Your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. So they're saying, Your money made money. The first servants were saying, I made money. And it's just a different way that they believe. And so you, you... to give a little bit on this, a talent, you can get all different numbers for what a talent would be worth today. Um, but a talent is about 60 times more than a mina. And so uh, in Matthew, they're given the talents. And, and one of the figures I got one time was like that a talent could be worth $30,000. So um, it's probably more than that now, uh, thanks to inflation. But it's who knows what it is now maybe a million dollars but it was 30,000 it could be $30,000 and so if uh, one servant got five talents that'd be $150,000 um, with the minas a mina if the talents were 30,000 a mina would only be worth 500 bucks okay so even if they got 10 minas it would only be $5,000 but they're, there's they're different here because of how they responded and how they were rewarded is different as well. Not just how they responded, but how they rewarded. So how we believe is important. They said, the first one said, I have made this many more talents. So I made more money. And he said, You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. They just got more stuff. Faithful over a few things, I'm gonna give you more things. The ones with the minas. They said, your your money has made more money, Master. And he said, you've been faithful over uh, over little. I'm going to make you ruler over ten cities, not more things, something totally different. See, because of what they believed, even though they were trusted with less, they were rewarded with more. That's how the kingdom works. I can't explain it either. It's just how it is. But we have to fix the way we believe. They were all good and faithful servants. He even called them good and faithful servants. But could it be because of the way they believed I earned versus your money made money that ultimately determined the way that they were rewarded? They were, the, the servants with the minas were rewarded with cities. So, what we, what we have to realize is that money is not real riches, real riches is people. It's people. The ones were just given more things. They were given authority over people. People are heaven's treasure. And when we believe the right things and when we believe the right ways, then we get to help people. We get to influence people. See, we have to believe the right way because people are wanting us to be bigger. They're wanting us to do better. The earth is waiting and longing for the children of God to have the influence over it that we are supposed to have, that we're meant to have And it all starts with what we believe. What if we believe the right way and the church could become a place that empowered people instead of just trying to control them? What if if we supported each other and what if we encouraged one another, empowered people to make an impact on this world instead of just filling their hearts and minds with fear of making a mistake or getting something wrong? If we believe the right ways, it could be this way. We could do it. See, when we believe the right things and when we believe the right way, we see the gold when others just see dirt. We see redemption when others just see sin. We see resurrection when others just see death. It changes everything. What do we believe? Do we really believe that all things are possible? Because what we believe is what we're going to have faith in, and what we have faith in is what we're going to get. So I want you to look at your situation this morning and ask yourself, what do I believe with these circumstances? Stop asking the Lord what to do and ask Him, what do I need to believe? But before you do that, search yourself. Be honest. What do I believe? Uh, have a talk with your spouse, your family, whatever it is, and find out what do we believe? With this that we're going through right now, what do we believe? To See, if we believe anything different than what He believes, we need to change what we're believing. Whatever it takes, it needs to change. We need to believe what he believes. See, we know that Romans 12, verse 2 tells us that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and transform people, transform cities. Renewing your mind and being transformed is all about what we believe and how we believe in situations and circumstances. I said a few weeks ago in one of those messages, I'm going to say again, we get saved by believing in Jesus, but we're transformed by believing like Jesus. See, people say all the time that they want to be like Christ, but what better way to be like Christ than to actually believe like Christ? To trust what He says. What do we believe? Father, we just thank You that You're faithful, God. We thank You that Your Word is true, and we thank You that You have an answer for everything that we face, God. Lord, I pray for every person in the house today, God. We're all facing different things. We're all at different different phases in life, God. And Lord, we just ask you this morning that, Holy Spirit, you would reveal to each and every person with whatever it is that that comes to their mind, Lord, of what do we need to believe? What do they need to believe for the situation that has them worried or has them bothered, God? What do we need to believe Uh, when it comes to sickness or when it comes to lost loved ones, God, what do we need to believe? God, I pray that we would trust your word, that we would stand on your promises, God, because Lord, it's just how the kingdom works. Lord, that we would give up the need to be able to understand everything, God. Lord, that we would just be filled with your peace that passes all understanding. Lord, that's the only way we can experience it, God, is to give up that feeling of needing to understand everything. Lord, I just pray that every person in here would take the steps to grow in you, Lord, that we would begin to, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, God, through your word. Lord, that we would just change what we've been believing if it doesn't line up with the way you would have us believe. God, that we would be open and know that all things are possible. God, that we will believe you for the miraculous, God, that we will trust you. Lord, that we'll quit being so... Uh, hard on ourselves God but that we'll step out in faith to whatever it is you call us to do and God I just pray blessings over every person here every, every house that's represented God and we just thank you for your love that we thank you for your grace God I just, I just pray healing over every sick body Lord and we just pray uh, for a special touch to uh, Carl and Barbara right now Lord that everything is still going smoothly we thank you for your hand upon them God and we just give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name, amen.
0: We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at SaponaRoadChurch.com. If you're local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, We hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.